Hey, welcome back to Naperville Real Talk. I am Chris Granor, your host. If you can hear, I've got the raspy voice going today, so bear with me. But we're going to talk all things Naperville Real Estate today. This is your April monthly market update, and that's up next. This is the city we call our own. These are the stories of the people we call our neighbors. This is the heartbeat of our hometown. Naperville, this is Real Talk. All right. Welcome back to Real Talks. So I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast so far. We've had some great guests, um, everything from a locally born and raised paleontologist to uh, a historic farm manager to a local um, master of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So it's been great. And I, again, as promised, once a month, we're going to go back to that Naperville real estate update because it's so important. And when I talk to them, you know, local residents every day, they want to know what's going on in the real estate market. So we're going to stay committed to that, but stay tuned. We've got other great, interesting guests coming up, but my guest for today, he is the man who has all the information for you and uh, no pressure on that there, but <laughs> I want to welcome in Mr. Todd Gosden from Compass Mortgage. Todd, how are you doing today? Hey, how's everybody today? Everything is great. And uh, thank you for allowing me to be here. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. So it's been a really interesting year so far in real estate. And I think that's probably, you know, putting it, you know, burying the lead, but it's, I mean, I'm telling you, it has been interesting and in talking to people. What also is interesting, Todd, and you and I just touched on this off air is what is reality versus what's out there in the prevailing thought and in the media and things like that. And yeah. oftentimes those things don't sync up, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I mean, perception's not reality. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna look, we're gonna look at some charts today because I think it's important to the, like just understand you know what's actually happening in the market, uh, particularly our marketplace. And and you know every market's different. I've got clients. Some are moving into Illinois from outside of of uh, town, and I'm sure Todd, you have you know some relocation folks as well. I've got people moving out of town. Uh, you know, if you look at certain markets right now like Tennessee, Nashville area, Knoxville area. If you look at Florida, you look at some of these places. I mean, if you think our market's on fire, these markets are just unreal, but yeah. it's important. That's why, that's why we do this local look. So it's one thing to turn on the evening news and hear, you know, some handsome fella tell you what's happening nationally, but you can tune in here and see two handsome fellas tell you what's happening right in your backyard. <laughs> I mean, you can't argue with that, right? Yeah, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to share my screen here. We're going to we are going to take a look at what's happening in the local market. All right, so Todd, we were talking about that perception versus reality, and I think it's again, it's just incredibly important to actually see what's happening versus what we think is happening. And so here, uh, let me pull up the right chart for us. So first of all, let's look at median sales price. Okay. So this is Naperville as well as the entire MLS area. So Naperville is that red line you see above. And then the, uh, the blue line below is the entire MLS area. So if you track over the last year, you can see that in, let's see, April of 2021, our average sale price for single family homes in Naperville was 469, 450. So that's median sale price. It's up to 530 in a year for March. So actually, if we go back to March, 
462.500 to 530. It's an incredible increase. Um, it is a, when I looked at it, it was a, it's a 14%, I believe, increase when we look at those numbers. And, and you look at the trend is similar in Chicagoland, but if you see the angle of that line, Naperville is actually outpacing Chicagoland as a whole. So again, that just speaks to the fact that if you're putting your money here in the greater Naperville area, it's, it's a good place to put your investment aside from being a great place to live. Here's what I want to touch on when it comes to the market in general. I talk to a lot of buyers who say, gosh, there's just no inventory. There's just no inventory. There's just no inventory. And sellers too, right? Because sellers oftentimes become buyers. So I've helped a lot of folks this past year. They're going to buy and then they're, they're going to sell and then they're going to move up or they're going to sell and they're going to downsize or whatever it is. They're doing two transactions at once. And that's very stressful oftentimes. And I hear that phrase, there's no inventory. Well, here's the reality. This is the year average sales, one, one year average for March 2022, 98,000 homes on average over the last year sold in the entire MLS area. If we go back to, this goes all the way back to 2008. So it doesn't go back to the peak year prior to that, but all the way back to 2008, you can see at least in the last 14 years, 2021 is among the highest year on record for home sales. So if all these homes are sale, selling, why does it feel like there's no homes to buy? And that's because of the demand. So when we look at this chart, this is the month supply of inventory. This chart shows us demand as it relates to supply. And here you can see going back to, to 2008, we had 18 months supply of inventory. That's a, in layman's terms, that's a huge buyer's market. And it slowly decreased. But as we go, if you follow the line in 2012, 10 months, 2013, seven months. So we're getting lower and lower, but still all of that up to 2013, still in a buyer's market, approaching a neutral market. Then when we get past 2015 is when we start to dip down into seller's market territory. And for about five years there, four to five years, it was a nice, decent seller's market almost a balanced market. Then we hit the pandemic and that's when it's taken this dive. And again, this is because the mostly because of the increased demand for, for homes. So right now, the entire Chicagoland MLS area is at one and a half month supply of inventory, very low. We look at Naperville, it's less than a month. So basically if, if the governor passed a law today says you can't list any more new homes in Naperville, it would take less than a month for all the homes in Naperville to sell. That is a quick, quick pace of sale. However, it doesn't mean there's nothing to be bought. So I've got buyers looking right now. Um, I've got several buyers under contract in the last week, but I've still got buyers looking in, in Naperville, um, Lyle, around the 400, 450 price point. Uh, I've got someone looking in the 350 to 400, looking for a townhome maybe around 300. But, but the reality, Todd, is that you and I know that the buyers who are prepared will still win. So what, uh, I mean, what do we think? What, does it, does it make sense or does it, does it maybe feel like that's not what's actually been happening? Well, I think that what we have to take into consideration is we've had, um, two years of incredible lots of things, whether it's the pandemic and illness to a housing market that was on, is on fire to, 
the Federal Reserve in March of 2020, putting basically giving money away for free. And, yep. you know, there's so many different things at play here that all we're doing is actually going back to normal. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that's what people have to remember is, is when you go through a period of 17, 18, 19 months, what we went through, which was both traumatic and exhausting and emotional and all the things that go in it, the market has to go back to moderate to being somewhat in the middle. You can't have a pendulum swing all the way one way and not swing back all the other at some point, right? And I think that's what's important to understand is as we go down this road of whether we're in recession or not recession and, and people talking housing bubbles, and it's very difficult to have a housing bubble when you have demand. And demand is if you take into account the, the first-time home buyers, which are kind of carrying the market, and you talk about the millennial generation, the Gen Z generation, you're talking about 140 million plus people that at some point are going to be buying houses. We average about 6 million sales a year. So there is a demand issue. So, you know, we make these things up in our brains of what's going on. And when you have this much demand, obviously homes are going to sell, right? It's not an issue of homes selling. It's, it is when you look at supply and inventory, get it. I understand that's an inventory. Yeah. But we're talking about demand. Everybody says no one wants to come to Illinois. Well, contrary to the belief, <laughs> I can tell you that's not actually true numbers wise. Yeah. And so what I would say is, is that we have to take this in stride and say normal is necessary and it's healthy for jobs. It's healthy for wages. It's healthy for bringing food costs down and fuel costs down and shelter down and rents and everything that goes with it. This is a period of time we have to go through. But in the thing that we have to remember is, if we go back to the, the Great Depression, we've had 15, I think, recessions of which we averaged 13.1 months in a recession. So the reality is this is not a, an event that's going to carry on for years. This is an event that we may be going into a new normal. When you have this many people in those two generations, which are the two largest generations ever, mm -hmm. wanting to buy homes, who knows? Maybe this is the new norm. We have to catch on houses to catch up with the amount of people that want to buy the houses for demand. Well, you just said it. We're still, I mean, I, we said it last month in the March update, and I have this conversation with, with sellers and buyers every day. I mean, listen, things can happen that are out of our control, but as we see it right now, you will struggle to find an economist who thinks that we're going to have a massive crash in the housing market. No chance. And just, there's, there's a five to six million shortage in homes in the United States. So unless unless we can miraculously put up homes at light speed, which the builders, trust me, are trying as hard as they can, it, until that balances out, there's no chance that that you know, homes well, are And you can't either, because just remember is, is that um, right now, delinquent or foreclosures are the lowest number they've seen in 23 years, number one. Yeah. Number two is, is that um, banks are open and willing to modify loans to help people out in times like this, and that's what they're doing. Yeah. You're not going to see a short sale market because we have record levels of equity in homes and equity is not going to diminish when you have this kind of demand. It's going to, it yeah. may bubble and go a little bit, but it's going to level out and stay at certain levels without dropping like it did in 2007, which most people are concerned with. Yeah. So, you know, I just think that, you know, and you get, then all of a sudden now we go into the interest rate conversation, right? Right. You know, and everybody's like, wait, oh, our, rate, our, rate, our rates going up. Believe it or not, they are actually. <laughs> Believe it or not, they're 3% up from last summer. 3%. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. So perspective is, if you talk to anybody who's owned a house for any period of time, if they were getting a rate at five and a quarter percent, they'd go, that's fantastic. Because 
what we saw in the twos most likely will never happen again. And if you count the number of months in the past that we've been in the threes, it's very small numbers yeah. compared to talking about a generation of going back to the, the early 20s, right? So I think that we have to keep perspective in mind is the new norm may be somewhere in the fives, maybe someday back into the fours again. But it, if you look at the curve when it comes to interest rates, when you're talking recessions, somewhere around 60 to 70% into that recession, we start to see a little bit of bend into the interest rates again. And, and it is what it is, right? People, when rates were 10, 12%, were not, not buying homes and they're not going to not buy homes when it's in the fives. Well, and I think, and I, I mean, I'll just, I'll just, you know, be honest and date myself a little bit here. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still this much under 40. And uh, so, you know, a lot of times I think people my age, people younger than me who are buying homes, they, they hear stories of, you know, 12, 15, 18% interest rates in the seventies and early eighties, but it wasn't that long ago. I mean, I was looking at a chart the other day. I mean, well into the mid 1990s rates were eight, 9%, 7%. Oh yeah. I mean, so it wasn't, it really wasn't until recent history that we even got towards that five or 6% mark and below it, like you said, is only very, very recent history and for very short periods of time. Correct. Absolutely. So it is what it is, but I would suspect at some point they're going to turn back the other way. When though? Who knows? Right. Who knows, right? We technically haven't got into a recession because seeing two consecutive quarters of, of GDP moving in the wrong direction has not lent itself to actually saying that, but we are. Yeah. Well, yes, like, and you don't usually, you know, you don't usually know until it's in the rear view, right? And then like you said, by that time, because it's got to be consecutive quarters. And then by that time, it's almost over. So that's right. Um, you you hit on a couple of things I wanted to mention um, real quick before I forget. Forbearance was a big thing during the heart of the pandemic. Yeah. Can you just can you just give people just a couple things to understand about forbearance? Um, you know, when I talk to sellers who say they were in forbearance, how long do you have to be clear of that forbearance before you can go get a loan again? Well, you know, number one is forbearance is not forgiveness. Forbearance is just delaying the inevitable, right? Yep. And typically when you come out of forbearance, one of two things have to happen. You either have to pay the cash to get caught up or you call the bank and say, hey, I want to modify things just a little bit so I can get back on track with my payment. So typically in a forbearance, I believe the number is three months. You have to show that you've made three months worth of payments. And okay. you also have to show that you don't have a balance existing. Okay. Meaning if you've modified it, great. Because if the modification just says, hey, when you sell this house, you're going to pay off both your first mortgage and the money owed from forbearance. Yeah. Right. But they want to see you actually making some payments before you buy another house. So okay. and if they have if there's if there's problems with that, the best thing to do is is just call a professional with it and ask, give, give them the details because circumstances change. Right. And that's one of the things I try to tell people all the time. And I've had to come up a couple of times this year with sellers, you know, everybody's at the hot, hot sellers market. Everybody wants to get their house out there, capture all that equity that they've gained in the last year or so. And then oftentimes they're looking, like I said, you know, they're going to, they're going to upsize, they're going to downsize, whatever it may be, but you better make sure you can buy first. Right. So if, you, if you've been through forbearance or Hey, just whether that's happened or not, you go, go see what that credit score is doing. Go see, yep. you know, I mean, if you taken on new debts re recently, I mean, you, you got to get your financing in place before you get your home on the market, because I'm not going to let you be homeless. And and hopefully any good agent out there won't let you be homeless, but make sure you check that first, right? Well, the idea is you need to be prepared, right? Yeah. So why not start now, regardless if you're buying today, tomorrow, next month, or this summer, 
or fall, whatever, get yourself in a position. You understand where you're at with things and you understand yeah. that, Hey, I'm in, I'm in great shape to move forward whenever I choose to do so. Yeah. And then I want to touch on, on interest rates. So I know, um, I mean, you, you help a lot of my clients. You're helping several of my clients right now. And uh, some of them have, um, you know, locked right away upon getting a contract, locked that rate. I know I'm talking to some clients. I just talked to a client this year uh, that's building a house and they locked in a year ahead of time. You know, yep. talk, talk about some of those options to people who are, you know, if we think that since the Fed's going to be bumping up the base rate several more times this year, and it's possible that rates may continue to climb this year. Um, what are the people's options for locking out in advance? Well, I think the first thing we need to be crystal clear on is the Fed raising interest rates has nothing to do with directly mortgages. Correct. It's not a it's, direct relation. It's right. a short-term interest rate. So right. that would be credit cards and boat loans and all the car loans and everything that goes with it, right? Right, right. So, but indirectly, it affects the 10-year treasury, which affects interest rates, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's first number one. Number two is... Be mindful. The longer term you go in interest rate, number of days, the higher the interest rate goes. Yeah. So because there's what they call interest rate risk, right? I don't know what interest rates are going to look like four months from now. So you can do 270 and 360 day locks typically when you're doing yeah. new construction. But just know that if interest rates are here, you know, that rate may be up here because they have to hedge against where they may be going. So right. Just know that that is a play based on I'm not confident which way the market's going. I just want to lock something in so it doesn't get out of control on me. Yeah. Now, the other side of it is, is that I see most clients nowadays locking 30 days or less because the demand is moving things right along. But you technically can lock out to 73 days. Okay. And by locking out 73 days, it gives you the opportunity to have a longer time to be able to have to close. And the other side of it is if if someone chooses to get their file underwritten, meaning just go through underwriting, even not having an actual house to buy, you know, technically a client can go ahead and lock that loan once approved out 90 days. Mm. So they have you have three months to basically shop to find that perfect home for yourself. So that's what I'm saying is there's so many different drawers we can pull open to help people do what they need to do, what's right for them. It's all circumstantial. Yeah. No, I love that though, but I love, I think a lot of people just don't even know that some of these options exist. Oh my so, gosh. There's so many, it's, it would fill, you know, so many drawers. I can't tell you. That's <laughs> why I said is every person is uniquely different in need and want. Yeah, absolutely. And you just have to assess each one. Yeah. And you just brought up a great point and we talked about it, I think before, but um, talking about taking your file through underwriting, I know that uh, we have mutual clients that are doing it right now Yeah, and it just gives you that much more of an advantage to be able to Maybe if the seller wants to close early, yeah. I know a lot of not a lot of sellers right now want to close longer, but some people, hey, if it's an investment property, if they've already moved out, they, they want to get that property off the books as soon as possible. Totally. So if you, yeah. if, you can close in, if you can close in 15 days as opposed to 30 or 45, all the better. And as you've said before, it, it almost makes your offer as good as cash in the sense of it's, it's guaranteed at that point. Yep. So, Title and appraisal. That's kind right. of what you're dealing with. Right, right. Yeah. So and then, and then again, remember the shorter the term of the lock, the better the interest rate. Right. Right. That, that very good. Yeah, right. So if you're locking in and you know you're, you're 15 closing days, 15 for days. The 30, it's a better interest rate. Yeah, that's yep. a great point. Absolutely. <laughs> well, good. I think that's that's great discussion. I mean, I think it's gonna be an interesting next few months. And when we check back in in May, we'll see. Um, you know, I think 
you know, everybody is pretty interested in interest rates. So we've got to talk to them talk about that point. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where they go in the next month. But but that's not the crux of the matter. That's not the end all be all. The reality is if you want to buy or sell, um, there's great opportunity for you right now. Um, I'll give a little plug. Um, got a property coming up in uh, in Neighborville, Northside, uh, just south of Ogden Avenue. Uh, a little condo. It's a great starter place. That'll be coming on the market soon. Um, on the flip side of things, have a property coming probably within the next two or three months um, in Stonebridge in Aurora, District 204, um, which is on fire right now. Matea Valley High School is like you can't find a property in that district right now. So that will be coming on probably around the 900, maybe 950, somewhere in that range. Um, so there's great properties still to come. If you are looking for something that is coming soon and you're just not seeing it, I will uh, I'll throw on here real quick. Go to zenlistchicagoland.com and you can get access. This is uh, my site that I pay for for you. And this will show you more private listings than anything else out there. So if you see that right there, Zenlist has far more listings available to you than Redfin, Zillow, any of the search sites out there. So check that out. And uh, I'd love to help you give Todd a call. He'd love to fit you in one of his 3000 boxes <laughs> or pull out his drawer, I should say, and find a solution for you. Cause he's got one. So um, Todd, thank you so much for joining us. You're today. welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Yep. And we'll see you guys next month on the update.